0: All the mothers out there this you could say is right down your alley because this message yes it is a Mother's Day message but what's far more important is not the fact that it's a Mother's Day message and it's down your alley but it's something you need to think about pray about and listen to I want to open with a word of prayer and then we're going to get Ruthie Read us a little background on what Mother's Day is all about. Amen. Lord Jesus, now, Lord, as we come into the message tonight, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to open our hearts to your truth. Reveal to us tonight, Lord, the truth about Mother's Day, Lord. Show us, Lord, what motherhood is supposed to be about. Why do we celebrate this holiday, Lord? Are we celebrating it for the right reasons or the wrong ones, Lord? Is this holiday connected with some mess? and Something that we shouldn't be into? Or, Lord, is it so that we can remember what those who have gone before us have done for us? Lord, we ask you right now tonight to bless this message. Help us, Lord, to understand what this is all about. This one day called Mother's Day. Why do we celebrate it, Lord? Help us now tonight as we look into your word. Lord, help us to know what mothers are supposed to be. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, Ruthie's going to first read us from a book that we had looked up that explains a little bit about different holidays. She'll explain to us what Mother's Day, its original meaning is, and then we're going to go into the Bible. Amen.
1: May 11th, Mother's Day. When observed, it's the second Sunday in May. First observance in the United States is May 10th, 1908, Grafton, West Virginia, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our observance of Mother's Day is little more than half a century old, yet the nature of the holiday makes it seem as if it had its roots in prehistoric times. Many antiquarians, holiday enthusiasts, and students of folklore have claimed to find the source of Mother's Day in the ancient spring festivals dedicated to the mother goddesses, particularly the worship of Cushel. Her cult was introduced into Rome some 250 years before the birth of Christ and rites were performed for three days from the Ides of March. This festival was known as the Hilaric. However, the step from the worship of the feminine principles of life to the honoring of our immediate mothers is not one that was taken in Roman times. The Hilaric was a religious holiday. Mother's Day is not. Okay, The founder of Mother's Day, her name is Anna M. Jarvis, who lived from May the 1st, 1864 to November 24th, 1948. She was the originator of Mother's Day. She remained a spinster throughout her life and was extremely attached to her mother. Mrs. Anna Reese Jarvis, a minister's daughter, who for 20 years conducted Sunday school classes in the Andrews Methodist Church of Grafton, West Virginia. Miss Jarvis graduated from the female seminary in Wheeling and taught in Grafton for a while before moving with the, um, the rest of the family to Philadelphia. Her mother died in Philadelphia on May 9, 1905. And two years later, Anna Jarvis discussed with friends her intention of starting a Mother's Day. She was reportedly very uh, concerned about the neglected treatment of mothers by adult children. She inaugurated a letter writing campaign, contacting ministers, businessmen, and congressmen in the hopes of gaining support for her project. Observance of the first Mother's Day. The first Mother's Day observance was a church service held at Anna Jarvis' request in Grafton, West Virginia, on May 10, 1908. Dr. H.C. Howard was the minister. This was not a certain kind of Mother's Day service in honor of motherhood, but rather paid homage to Mrs. Jarvis. The carnation, which has um, such a familiar part of Mother's Day, was introduced and supplied at that first service by Miss Jarvis. They were chosen because of her mother's fondness of them. Red carnations became the symbol of a living mother. White carnation was uh, for a sign when a mother had died. The first Mother's Day proclamation was issued by the governor of West Virginia in 1910. Miss Jarvis finally lost her property. Her sister died, and Miss Jarvis began to lose her sight. In November 1944, she was ill and without money. Friends paid for her expenses in the sanitarium, where she died in Westchester, Pennsylvania, in 1948. Now I'm just going to talk about Christian Family Week. In the United States and Canada, the week from the first uh, Sunday in May to Mother's Day has been set, and a Christian Family Week, the National uh, Council of Churches, has started that the p- purpose is to provide additional motivation for home and church
0: operations. Well, it's pretty sad when you have to have a week to tell you to remember to do something for Jesus. Hey, Amen! I'm going to I should, uh, park on that one for about a month. Less than I would on Mother's Day. I'm telling you right now. I had to park on that one a lot longer than I do for because the, that there is pretty sad that is pretty sad when you need a week devoted to remind you to serve God? Huh? Yeah, that's
2: really ridiculous.
0: What was that called again, Ruth? Christian week? Christian family Group week to remind you to uh, take time out for God, take time out for your family. Excuse me, if that's what you need to remind you to do something for God, Uh, I feel sorry for you. Amen. But the reason I ain't going to take my time to pull over and park on that point is because that ain't what this is all about. This is more about Mother's Day. See, it's pretty sad when you have to remind people to serve God. And if you're that bad off, I have to question your salvation in the first place. And if you are saved, then what are you doing so far backslid that you have to be reminded to go serve God? Amen. Amen, preacher. Hey, I'm not worried about getting amens tonight. Hey, I'll let the uh, tree stumps do it for me. Amen. I'm not worried about it. I don't want the rocks cry out. If a bunch of dead Christians ain't going to say amen, the rocks will do it for them. That's all right. What did Jesus say? Uh, it's sad when uh, when you have to get... Ro- Jesus had to tell, uh, warn them that if the people had to shut up, that the rocks would do something. That's pretty sad. Amen. But Mother's Day. No, as some people thought, it's not prehistoric. (laughs) It's not that old. And what was Mother's Day? Well, when you read it, it's the same reason that we celebrate it today. Unfortunately, it's come a long ways from the original Mother's Day. The original founder wanted to do just something to remind people... To think of their mothers, to think of those who brought them into this world, for those who sacrificed and busted their neck to birth them, all they wanted was, all the woman wanted was to remind people of their mothers. Now remember, she had a mother. But she never married. The lady who started Mother's Day never married. She was a spinster, Spinster means she never got married. She stayed alone, single, to her dying day. So she had no children. no No one that she could say they called her mother. But the fact is, Mother's Day is for mothers. Now, of course, today we've actually gone further in the churches with it. Than originally intended. Originally it was intended just for mothers, for those who actually birth children. Today, every woman is recognized as a mother, whether she's had children or not. See, originally this lady wasn't trying to get glory for herself just because she was a woman. If so, she would have had it a woman's day. But no, she called it Mother's Day because she wanted to recognize and honor her mother. And to remind people that they should be honoring and recognizing their mother at least one day out of the year to at least say, Mother, thank you for all you've done. Nothing wrong with that. But to go down into a store, Danny, you ready for this? Ruth? told me about this to walk over into a store and see on the on a t-shirt guess what was printed there you'll never believe it mom rule did you catch that mom rule get a life mom don't rule nothing Jesus rules. Amen. If you got a problem with that, take it up with Jesus. Amen. Mom don't rule nothing. And the moms couldn't even rule, rule their own rule their own kids let alone anything else. But then you got people like Hillary Sinton who thinks she's going to rule this country. She wants to be the president. Well, you reprobate, uh, we got something for you tonight. You gotta sit down and listen to it, amen. Amen. But tonight, I want us to take a look at a few scriptures tonight. All right. Danny, we're gonna have you read the first one, so get nice and close over there, okay, buddy? Get nice and close and we need you to read a scripture for us. The first scripture I want you to read, Danny, is um First Timothy Chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to start, we're going to break in at the 10th verse. And as we start reading through this, we're going to stop you every so often. And we're going to talk about what a mother should be. Amen? Because God talks a lot about women and mothers.
2: 1 Timothy 2.
0: First Timothy chapter two, break in at the tenth verse.
2: But which women professing godliness, good work.
0: Now, who oh, oh, whoa wait one minute, Danny. Now, women that are professing to be godly. Simply put, if you're professing to be a Christian woman, what is the first thing you better profess? Jesus. But more to the point, you'd not only need to profess it. The Bible says here, 1 Timothy two ten, you have to have good works. You got to live what you say you are. Yeah. Women professing godliness with good works. Okay, go on, Danny.
2: Let the women, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection.
0: Okay, now. We need to pull over and park on a few men right now. This does not mean that a woman cannot get up and teach. This verse is not in reference to a woman that needs to always keep her mouth shut and never talk. That's not what this means. It says, notice the word, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. Means when they are a student, when they are going to church, when they are at home, they need, when, they are, when they're being taught something, when it's something they don't know, they need to learn in silence. Let's not forget here that it has the key word learning here. It doesn't say all the time. It says when they're learning, they got to do it in silence. And that's a good way for everybody to learn, is to learn in silence. Okay, go on, Danny. Uh, verse 12. I suffer not a woman.
2: Teach. For to assert authority.
0: Hello, Hillary. I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over a man. Now, but to learn in silence. Now, let us slow down the truck and back it up a minute. For a woman... To teach in a church a group of ladies. Ladies. There's nothing wrong with a woman teaching a woman's class. Okay? A woman teaching a woman's Sunday school class, nothing wrong with it. But when a woman teaches a Sunday school class where she is the authority and there are men in that class. I'm sorry she's usurping the authority over a man. Usurp means to take charge over. So to usurp authority means to take a charity to take charge, take the control over. Sorry, but that's not right. But if she is under her pastor and she is teaching a Sunday school class and her pastor is a male, there's not a thing wrong with that. Because the very next chapter of this book starts out, if a man desire the office of a bishop, that is a pastor. If a man desires the office of a pastorate, he, that's male, Desireth a good work. He then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. You can't be the husband of one wife and be a woman. Sorry, there's no such thing as a woman pastor. Yes, that's right. There's nothing wrong with a woman evangelist, though. Because a woman evangelist is still under the authority and control of a pastor. But when she has taken the pastorate and the control of a church, she's wrong. So the Bible says here, Paul said to Timothy, look, the gospel is, and the way to run a church is this, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority, that means to have the control of a class, where men are in that class over a man, but to be in silence. Meaning, if they're going to teach, if it ain't for just a straight ladies' class, she needs to be quiet. She needs not to be teaching. So the word silent here does not mean a ceasing of talking. It means that she ought to not be teaching. It means a silence of the action she's doing. A silencing of the action she's doing when she's taking charge or control over men. That's what this means. So to all the uh, legalists out there to say women aren't supposed to be... Excuse me, but it's different. Okay, Danny, what's our next verse here? Come on.
2: For Adam was firstborn and Eve. Yeah. Adam was not deceived. And the, but the woman being deceived was in transgression.
0: Now, what reason did Paul give for the man to be in charge?
2: Because God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve. Adam was the first being, and so therefore a man was here first. They are his the spiritual authority.
0: Right. But let me go a little deeper than that for the women out there who've already taken offense. I'm sorry. But the Bible says, when God pronounced the curse, he started with the serpent. And he said... Because you have done this, on thy belly shalt thou go. And the seed of the woman will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. That's talking about, of course, the first preaching of the gospel, and Jesus and the serpent, which is the devil. Now, he looked to the woman, he says, You will bring forth children. In sorrow, that means in very great pain, you will bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, let's make sure we understand the word rule before all the men get puffed up and think they're big shot. Hello, I'm going to stop that right now. The word rule does not mean dictator. How do I know that? Because When the animals were put on this planet, God said to man, He says, and I will give you dominion over the animals. The animals that are on the land, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea. Dominion means to completely dominate. Totally control. That's what dominion is. Rule means to place a guideline. So if I tell... Ruthie, before you get any luxury items, please pay the bills. Now, paying the bills means pay the electric, the water, the sewer, the gas, the telephone, all of that. Now, I did not tell her that she has to pay the gas, then the electric. If I told her a specific order to pay the bills in, that's domination. And then if I get mad because she didn't pay them in the order I said, then that's domination. But if I just tell her pay the bills and she pays them in whatever order seems right to her that makes more sense, to where it saves gas, so long as she's paying the bills, she has followed my rule. So hello, men. Rule does not mean you have an iron rod in your hand. Doesn't mean you are Schwarzkopf or Hitler. Rule doesn't mean you are a Hitler. Rule means you set guidelines for that little lady to follow and for the family to follow. And that's all you do is you set your guidelines according to the Word of God. So here it says of the Bible, it says that Adam was first formed and then Eve. So that's the first thing it said. That was one of the reasons. And then the second reason God gives is the second-fold reason was Eve was the one who was deceived, not Adam. It was Adam who took of the fruit and he ate it. He knew what it was. That means when Eve brought it to him, he already knew where she got it. He wasn't deceived by the serpent. Eve was. All right, Danny, come on with it. Okay. That was the chapter. That was the end of the chapter?
2: I will be finishing with the next verse.
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: Oh. So, <coughs> I'll finish out the chapter. Here, notwithstanding, shall be saved and childbearing, if I continue faith and charity and holiness with sobriety.
0: Now, women, the Bible says you will be saved in childbearing. Through the act of childbearing. But do you realize that was actually a prophecy talking about Mary when she bore the child Jesus? This is also another hint to that birth. Because it was through the birth of a woman, not a man, that God's son, his perfect sacrifice, came to earth. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And if they continue long, continue long in what? Obeying. If they submit to God and the men that are in authority. And sobriety means gentleness. What ever happened to gentle women? Well, I'll tell you what happened to them. The gentle women took a flight when the women livers hit the street. Now, I'm not against women voting. But when they started to say that women were equal to a man in every way, shape, and form, and they started to get their little chest puffed out with pride. Something was wrong with that. I'm not saying that all women should stay at home and and and, and do nothing but do dirty dishes and clean uh, change dirty diapers and clean the dirty laundry. I'm not saying that. That ain't what I'm saying at all. I am saying that a quiet a woman always will show godliness by her life. Amen. Now, Ruthie, I need you to get over here and read me a, the next scripture. First Peter chapter 3, 1 to 12. We're going to take a look here in First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. We're gonna see something else about women, but also a little more about men in our role too. Well, we're gonna be stopping you on and off, but just my chair over here We're gonna have you read a little bit for us. Gotta have my cute wife do a little reading tonight. Amen. Keep her awake while the preaching's going on. Amen. Okay.
1: Likewise you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word, they also may it without the word. Won by the conversation
0: of the wife, Ruthie. Answer me a question: Whose husband is she supposed to be listening to and subjecting to? Uh, are you supposed to subject to Mike Scheibler? How about uh, Danny Miller? Who did it say? Your
2: own,
0: Your own husband. It didn't say you had to. That women had to subject to all the men in the church. Your own husband. It says, women, obey your own husbands. You notice the next words In the Lord. You see that? Obey your own husbands. That they may be one. That means brought to Jesus, even if they're not saved by the conversation. I think I better not touch that one.
2: Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace under
0: the wee! But like I said, Danny I, Danny, I don't think we better park on that one. Where we'd be getting letters from everybody getting these tapes. <laughs> <laughs> and man. But the problem is, the problem is, by the conversation of the wives. Hello? What is it that you talk about? God would never have brought up conversation, meaning talking, if it wasn't important. Why? Because what you talk about is what's going to... Wait a minute. What did Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you're yapping about, odds are it came out of your heart first. So if you're yakking on about things that don't matter, that's what's in your heart. If you're talking about nothing but Jesus, then you know what's in your heart Jesus. Amen. Okay, come on.
1: Now, they hold your chaste conversation coupled with fear.
0: Now, the word fear here doesn't mean like it's if you're so scared to say a word. No. While they, that is the world, behold, while they're listening, to your chaste. That is, you're watching what you say. You say what you mean, and you mean what you say. Your chaste conversation. Means when you have a conversation, you're watching what you say all the time. Really? But the whole point is, your chaste conversation. Why are you saying what you say? Why are you doing what you do? Your chaste conversation. But you notice that it's not just a chaste conversation. It's coupled. Coupled. Coupled means to connect. Attach. So you have to couple it with fear not fear of someone's going to kill you for what you say. It's coupled with the fear of God, the respect and honor of God. Knowing that God is listening to every word you speak, your chaste conversation. Since he's listening to what you say, it, you ought to be doing it with fear that you're saying what God is going to make you be accountable for. Because if you're not ready, if you're not ready for such a thing, you're going to be in deep trouble. Alright, now Ruthie, give us our next verse here.
1: For he's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning, of plating, the hair, and the wearing of gold, or of putting out of the pill. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God a great price.
0: Now, you notice something? A lot of men jump on this and legalistic ones at that saying, well, this is where the Bible proves you're not supposed to wear... wear jewelry that isn't what this just said he said let not that outward adorning don't be worried about all that hair and clothes and hats and jewelry the plating of your hair that means all those fancy hairdos and the gold and apparel and costly array but what did he say it's what is more important is the hidden man. The hidden man. The hidden person in your heart. The hidden man of the heart. And hello, Peter S. Ruckman. Hello, Peter S. Ruckman. This is not in regards to a woman being a man.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart is supposed to be Jesus. Hello, Peter S. Ruckman. You ain't telling the truth on this one. Twisting the verse and saying, well, this proves that there's no women going to be in heaven that when they get to heaven they're going to be getting a spiritual sex change. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You could twist the word all you want, but the Bible didn't teach that. It just says the hidden man of the heart here, and that's talking about Jesus, which is the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of a great price. Uh, Ruth, as you get ready to read the next verse, would you answer me one question? Wouldn't you? Want to be in the sight of God of great price.
1: Okay, for after this manner in the good old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands.
0: Now you notice, in the old time, the holy women, the ones who lived for God, adorned themselves by being in subjection to their husbands. By living for God. They lived for God. It wasn't what they did on the outside with their body. It's what they did on the inside with their heart. Yes. Hello? All this stuff about worrying about how big a hat I've gotten if it's bigger than Sister Sue's. Excuse me. The hat ain't getting you in. Yes. That's right. Hello? I'm sorry to say there are some churches right now that you go to the church and the women are having a hat contest. That's what it looks like. A hat and dress contest. How big and ritzy can a hat be? Excuse me, but you can worship your hats all you want, but the hats ain't getting you in. Amen. Looking good with who's got the better hat. Get over it. Get a life. Come on.
1: Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are. As long as you do well and are not afraid with any
0: amazement. Uh, Hello, Mormons. Yes, hello, Mormons. Hello, Mormons. This is not saying that every woman has to bow down to her husband as if he is God. Nor is this saying that he is going to become a god and that he will be the one to let her in or not in on Judgment Day. Uh, did you guys know that's what the Mormons teach? Yeah. They actually teach that it's the man who is going to stand at the pearly gates, and he's the one that will either admit or not admit his wife into the pearly gates when it's time when she dies. Well, then, uh, what happens to her if she dies before him? What she got to do? Wait in limbo until he decides to get there? Get a life. Mormons get saved. Amen. Amen. Okay. Likewise, she husbands dwell with
1: them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered.
0: Um... Men, we got a problem. Men, we have a problem. How many men can honestly say they know their wife? That they are so knowledgeable about their wife that they can literally predict what she is going to say even to the point of just about finishing her sentences. Um, Most men can't say that. The reason they can't do that is because they're not dwelling with their wife according to knowledge. In order to dwell with somebody according to knowledge, that means you have to study them. You have to hang around them enough to know. Uh, excuse me, men. You can't be off at the ball game or watching the boob tube, the one-eyed monster, the television box, and, it, and, and when that little lady comes in and says, "Honey," uh, and you say, "Don't get out!" out, out. The ball game's out. Excuse me. That ain't dwelling with her, according to knowledge. And more to the point, <laughs> that's worshiping the boob tube. That's right you made it. God give it more time than Jesus. And you can't dwell with her when you take more time out for the boob tube. Amen. Excuse me. If you if you take more time out on the boat fishing and you're not bringing it home to eat, you're spending more time on the boat for recreation fishing with your buddies than you are with your wife. Something's wrong with it. Amen. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Because why? You're heirs together. If both of you are saved, you're heirs together. You're going to be joint heirs with Jesus. So you might as well learn, if you're going to be with each other for all eternity, you might as well learn to live together now. Why? So that your prayers aren't hindered. If you and your wife ain't living right, and you're always arguing with each other, excuse me, men, your prayers are hindered. Uh, well, we know somebody like that who will remain nameless. Arguing and fussing with each other. In a household, they're supposed to both be saved. We're not saying names tonight. But the fact is, they ought to be dwelling with each other according to knowledge. I love each other. So that their prayers aren't hindered. Hey, where two or three are g- gathered together, all it takes is two. Well, if you've got a husband and a wife, there's two. And if you are dwelling together in knowledge, your prayers won't be hindered, but you can't have one thinking he's the dictator, a Hitler, in the home. And it don't matter if it's the woman or the man who thinks they're the Hitler. Whoever thinks they're the Hitler needs to get saved. And if they are saved, they need to get back from being backslid. Amen. God don't have Hitlers. God don't have Hitlers. All he has is soul winners. Amen. Come on, Ruth.
1: Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion, one another, I mean, one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous.
0: Now, you notice? He says, finally, now his final point, his final drive on this point is this. Love each other. Love each other. Let me repeat that. Love each other. Be pitiful. That means, husbands, sometimes when that little lady is sick, that means you're going to have to iron your own stinking shirt. That means sometimes, hubby, you're going to have to pull out the vacuum. Hello, hubby. That means you might have to stick your hands in the dishpan. Hello? What's wrong with it? Sometimes, wives, means you're going to have to get yourself out there and help with the lawn. Sometimes, wives, it means you might have to help hubby with the car repairs. Greasy or not, you're going to have to help a little bit. Sometimes, wives, it means you're going to have to get out there and... uh. Do the things the hubby would have done. Sometimes, wives, it might not pay, be a bad idea to pay attention to when your hubby's over there fixing the kitchen sink. Oh, uh, what's going to happen when hubby gets so sick that he can't fix the kitchen sink? I'll call the plumber. Well, you could have saved money doing it yourself. Because a lot of it ain't hard work; just takes a little know-how. Hey, what's wrong with being around each other and learning from each other? Amen. Bible says, love each other, be pitiful, have mercy on one each other. There's nothing wrong with that. Be merciful, be pitiful. Go on, Ruthie.
1: Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary wise, blessing, knowing that you are therefore, thereunto called, but that, I'm sorry, that you should inherit blessing.
0: How many of us want to inherit a blessing? I'll give you the secret. Read the verse again. He says, don't go out there because she didn't buy you an anniversary gift this year because she forgot. Doesn't mean that you don't buy her one next year. Doesn't mean that because she interrupted your TV program that you unplug her soap operas, although that wouldn't be a bad idea once in a while. Amen! just cuz she just because he called you during the middle of your soap operas doesn't mean you have to go and stop him from watching the ball game although that's not a bad idea either um, well anyway just because he interrupts your phone talk ladies doesn't mean you have to interrupt his she might have been on the phone in the middle of a business call men women you might be in the middle of something important it has to do with the household how do you know instead of opening your big pie hole interrupting people being rude why don't you wait and see what's going on wait till the phone conversation's over and then find out and if you got an extension phone pick up long enough to see her what's going on and if you realize it's a business call hang up Let her do what's necessary to get the business done and done. But if all she's doing is chatting on the phone, you might tap her on the shoulder or something and say, Hey, look, I need to talk to you as soon as you're done, okay? You don't have to be rude like a little three-year-old spoiled brat. Amen. I mean, even if she's on a business call, you don't even have to pick up the other, uh, an extension phone. All you got to do is tap her on the shoulder. Hello? You can tap him on the shoulder. And if that don't work, use your lips. (laughs) Ruthie's telling me that over here. Amen. But what's wrong with that? You don't have to be mean about it. It says, contrary wise, bless. Give a blessing. Because that's where you're called to. You're called to be a blessing. Amen. Okay, come on, Noah.
1: For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that will speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. For the faith of the Lord is against them that do evil.
0: Um, I think we got a message here. You want God to hear your prayers? Do what God said. Do what God said. Amen. All right. All right. Now, Danny, we need you to go to one last set of scripture. Very familiar, but as we go through this, we need to look at it a fresh way. Okay. Proverbs chapter 31. Yep, it is the wisdom book. And we're going to get some wisdom for the women. This being Mother's Day, women, let's get some godly wisdom about how to be a godly woman. Amen. Any woman who thinks she knows more than God, she's got a problem. 31. Break in at verse 10, Danny.
2: Okay. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies?
0: Oh, now, first thing I want to bring up is this. A virtuous means a godly. A good godly example of a woman. Who could find her? You ask a question. Who could find a virtuous or godly woman whose price, whose price, if you were to put a price tag on this woman, is far above rubies. Sorry to say, ladies, they say diamonds are a lady's best friend. Sorry, but rubies are more pricey than a diamond. Rubies are more expensive. Rubies are far more expensive than diamonds. So the Bible says, who could find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Now, I just need to pull over and park on this point. Men and kids, do you realize what your wife is worth? Well, of course, Danny don't have a wife. So, Danny, do you realize what your mother is worth? Worth quite a bit. Well, let's take a look at some of the duties that a mother performs. For many families, she's the bookkeeper, the appointment secretary, she's the errand runner, she's the banker, she's the financial advisor. For many families, she's the chauffeur, the teacher the tutor, a lot of families, she's the cook, the chef, she's a chauffeur, for a lot of other families, she's the in-home family physician, the in-home nurse, the dietician, Now think about it, just those few jobs alone, what would she get for a salary per week? Well, by the time you figure it out, you're talking anywhere's upward near maybe three, four hundred dollars an hour. Hey, women, you need a raise. Amen. Think about it. I find something wrong with the men who don't appreciate the women. Don't appreciate mom enough. See, Mother's Day, its objective is to remind us to think of our mothers. But we've taken it a step further this day and age to think of all women. Well, there's nothing wrong with thinking about women. I have nothing against that. Okay? But the whole point is, mothers have a big burden. A lot of homes, the woman is the gardener. Think about it. She's the maid. She's the cleaner. In some, she's even the home maintenance person. Amen? So think about it. Women need a raise. Thank God men, they haven't unionized. Thank God mothers haven't unionized. We'd all be in a pickle. Amen. This preacher's preaching now. But the Bible says who could find a virtuous woman, a godly woman? Her price is far above rubies, and it's a truth. It's a truth. All right. Go on, Danny. It, okay? Yep. The heart of her husband safely trust in her
2: so that he shall have
0: no use spoil. Now think about that. Her husband safely trusts in her. You know what we got today? A bunch of men who can't trust their women because their women are out there being as wicked and dirty, rotten as sinners as you can get. But the Bible says a virtuous woman a godly woman a man can trust her He could safely put his trust in her. Amen come on Danny uh,
2: he'll do the good and not evil. All
0: Now think about that he'll do her good. She will do good for her family and not evil. Good. Now think about it, ladies. Is it good for your family when you're talking on the phone to sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so about what so-and-so did? Don't think so. Come on, Danny.
2: Uh, with her
0: hands. Now, wait a minute. Is the Bible against women that work? No. Is the Bible against women who are industrious? No. no. In fact, this verse right here dispels that myth altogether. Yes, it is a myth. The Bible makes it very plain she is industrious. It says that a virtuous, godly woman works. Notice that word. Works willingly. Willingly. That doesn't mean she's forced to. So some of you women just say you're Christians, and all you do is lay around the house watching your sin operas, like uh, as the stomach churns, another sin till death, general adultery, Another devil and all the rest of it. All of my demons. Hey.
2: The devil and the unrest. And
0: the right. I mean, if that's all you're doing is watching that stuff and you're not working. If you're lazy and don't do nothing around your home and you leave the dishes piled up to, to, to high heaven. If you leave the floors all nasty and expect everyone else to do everything and hand you life on a silver spoon and feed it to you, too, just because you're a woman, excuse me, but you need to get your wicked heart right. Amen. Amen. And I don't care what you are. I don't care what kind of woman you are. If you're a widow, if you're an orphan kid or what, you, you do not know what that owes you a living. Amen. Come on, Danny. far. Now, wait a minute. Today, that's still true. See, a merchant's ship that brought food that was imported, she brings her food from far. That means she is willing to go to the grocery store. That would be today's wording for that. Back then, a woman had to go to the field and get her own food. Okay? Bring it in for her family. But here it says, you could take it in the old days version or even today's version. Look, there's nothing wrong, ladies, with you going to the grocery store and buying food. But it says, for food. Not a bunch of candy bars like some lady that I know. Oh, well, i got to have these candy bars because I'm on my monthly flux. That's the only thing that gets me over it is candy bars. Well, why don't you tell the facts? You're already as big as a house. You just want it for your own self. There's nothing to do with it. You just want to, you just don't, well, you, you don't want nothing. You, you, you just hooked on all that junk and you want to stay on it. Amen. Come on, Danny. Okay. Sizes, well, nice. it. also, while it is
2: getting nice household portion
0: hello what's wrong ladies with getting up once in a while and cooking breakfast what's wrong with actually doing the work instead of buying these instant dinners that you slap in a microwave all right come on here What's the matter with what? What's the matter with homemade biscuits where you knead out that dough, huh? Right. No, what's the problem we got in America is we got under WOP syndrome. That's what the problem in America is. You know that, Danny, don't you? You know that, don't you, Danny? That's what's happened to America. We got under WOP syndrome. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, just check. Just wake up about six a.m. and start listening. You'll hear it. All across America, them women whopping whomping them ca- cans on that countertop. what? Oh whop, whomp. That's what's wrong with America. We under what syndrome. Yeah. I forgot. Everybody's getting hungry now. What, what happened to them women who knew how to peel the spuds, huh? What happened to it? I mean, in the old days, women weren't afraid to stand in the kitchen for an hour to prepare one meal. Now, well, if it takes over five minutes, something's wrong with it. Got to have everything instant. No wonder people want instant Jesus, too. They want instant potatoes. Yeah, instant potatoes. God help us. Instant macaroni and cheese. Instant beans. Hello? Everything's got to be instant. Herding it in, herding it out. And then they wonder why they got all these stomach disorders today. Well, <laughs> makes sense. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? All right. Come on, Danny. Now, you notice something here? I've got a question for you. Danny, did that scripture say a woman shows her husband a field that she thinks would be a good field and lets her husband buy it? No. And does it say that the wife had no possessions? Now, the Bible didn't say she had no possessions. It says... The Bible says... Look here. It says she, she, the woman, godly woman, considers a field, and she buys it from the fruit or the labor of her own hand. She made the decision... She bought it. So is there anything wrong with women making choices in the home?
2: No, there's nothing wrong with them making choices in the home.
0: Hello, you legalistic reprobates that think that women should bow down to every guy. You need to get right. Right here, the Bible makes it plain. The Bible makes it all too plain. It says here that the woman herself, Looks at a field, she considers it, and she purchases that field with the labor that came from her own two hands. That field is hers, not her husband's, hers. And then, who planted the vineyard? Did she send her husband in there? No. She went further and planted her own vineyard so that she could have more food, more for her family. She did it. So there's nothing wrong with a woman working. So these men that get up and say, well, women should never have jobs. Excuse me, you high-minded buzzard bait. The Bible does not teach that women can't work, nor does the Bible say that men have to own everything themselves. No. No. The Bible says that a woman had possessions. A good godly woman has possessions and she knew what to do with them and she used them properly. Okay, come on, Danny. Okay. First right.
2: seventy uh first seventeen. Verse her, loin. Thank you. Thank you. her arm. Okay, go on that her out not out by night
0: Now, see she strengthens her arms, her honor is her clothing she strengthens her arms for what? Labor A good godly woman was not lazy. She perceives that her notice word her merchandise the goods that she plans to sell her merchandise was good and no it wasn't just a bunch of hand sewn items she may have had fields she may have had baked goods she may have had wooden objects she could have had any gamut of products to sell and she made the money from it she knew her merchandise her goods were good she knew what she did she took pride in what she did and what she gave and what she produced was quality not quantity but quality and everybody knew it and she did too she perceived that it was good and it went on to say she didn't let what would be today's version of the electric bill go unpaid hello she didn't leave the family in the dark Right. her family was kept warm they were kept fed and they were able to see amen come on danny
2: that her merchandise is good, her panel's not out by night. Slay up her hands, spindle, her hands, hold, distal. Touch out her hands to the floor, K, to be her hands.
0: Now, we need to park right there. The distal, to the spindle and distal, that is in reference to spinning wool, okay? She was able to make things. She took, she went out, she helped shear the sheep. She brought all this wool in. She did what she was supposed to do with it. She made things. And you notice, not only did she have enough for her family, but she had more than enough. And she took and she helped the poor and the needy. She stretched out her hand to them. She didn't curl her hand up and hold it away. She gave. She didn't look uh, at the poor as if uh, they were some plague in the church. She didn't think of them as unblessed from God. She didn't look at them as cursed from God because they didn't have money. Rather... She considered herself. She considered herself blessed, and she wanted to pass on that blessing. Amen. Go on, Danny. Right.
2: Um. She's not afraid of snow for her household. All her household clothes scarlet
0: now. She's not afraid of bad weather. Why? Because not only is her family fed, not only are all the bills paid, her family is warm, but they've got clothes on their backs. She does what it takes to get clothes on their backs. If it is a woman who is poor in a poor family, she is willing to bust her neck to get to the clothing bank. She don't expect someone to bring it to her. And then when they get there, throw half of it in the garbage because she didn't think it was just what she wanted. It wasn't a billion-dollar designer suit. Well, if that's what you think you're getting at a clothing bank, buddy, then why don't you go on over to J.C. Penney for yourself? Amen. I know a lady who does this mess. She claims she's poor and a widow. Oh, but... She expects to get billion-dollar clothes from the clothing bank. When someone else brings it to her, because she's too lazy to get it herself, all of a sudden it's no good. But when she goes there, all of a sudden it's good enough. Uh, got a problem with that, Houston. Okay, come on, Danny. Okay. takes covering tapestry, clothing is
2: purple.
0: Now look at it. Not only is her family clothed, but she takes care of her own needs. But you noticed whose needs she took of first. Her family. The verse didn't say first her clothes were such and such, and then her family was clothed with. No, it said her family was clothed, and now it says that she is. Sorry, a godly woman is not selfish. A godly woman is not selfish. Hey, come on, Danny. Danny.
2: in the
0: of the land now you notice her husband is known but how's he known because she sits there and brags about him and because she does what's right by him so everybody knows that couple they know him come on Danny
2: make a fine linen sell it, deliver turtles, unto the merchant.
0: Now think about it. She makes merchandise that is sellable, not just sellable, but good enough to put in a store. Hello? There's nothing wrong with women getting out their sewing machine and making stuff and putting it in maybe a consignment store. Ladies, get yourself a hobby. If you like to sew or knit and make stuff and put it in the store. What's wrong with that? Amen. Come on, Danny.
2: Thanks. Strength and honor. and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come.
0: You notice twice that was repeated? Strength and honor are her clothing.
2: Yes.
0: Twice it's said. So, ladies... Is strength and honor a part of your character? Are they so much a part of you that it's like the clothes you wear? See, strength means they're not lazy. Strength in not only physical, but in character. Are you strong for Jesus? And honor means to be respected, not to be a god... But that you are respected. The people look at you and know where you stand. Strength and honor. Hey, come on, Danny.
2: Okay. Uh, she open her mouth wisdom. And in her tongue, the law of kindness.
0: Hello. Ladies, do you know your Bible? Do you know your Bible? Do you study your Bible? Do you read your Bible? Or do you talk a bunch of mess just to talk? I know some women that all they do when they get together to talk so much junk, you don't hear one word about Jesus. Talk for five hours and never hear one word about Jesus. But you hear about everything else that's going on. In the whole town, who did this and who did that. You don't need a newspaper, just go listen to them. You don't even have to be able to see. You have your human verbal newspaper right there. But half of the facts are messed up. But here it says this woman godly woman she knows the word of God. It's basically what this is saying. Okay, come on, Danny. Uh, Look as well to the ways of her household and she does not uh ladies the verse that says a man who provides not for his own is worse than an infidel ladies take it to heart it fits you too and to that one that's a widow that we know that likes to be idle is a widow and uh goes to the soup kitchen and but expects everyone to feed her on a silver platter and she's first, 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 first. Uh, Excuse me. Bible says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. But rather she looks to the affairs of her household. She does what it takes to take care of the household. Hello? You forget. The household, ladies, is your business. And you're the CEO. What are you going to do about it? you going to let your business fail, or are you going to do something about it? Come on, Danny. Okay. All right,
2: now, The arise up, her husband also, and he her.
0: Now, you notice, the husband, he calls her blessed. That doesn't mean he turned her into a God like they do about Mary. She's the Blessed Virgin Mary. No. He's saying that she has been blessed. God has touched her. They rise up. Everybody in the town knows who you stand for. Husband, when you go out, do all the men and the women out in the city know who you, who, who's your little honey? Do they know that you love your wife? Even when your wife is not with you? Do they know it? Is the buzz around town that that guy that's married to Ricky Shibley? Well, we know who that is because he talks about her all the time. Yeah. Is the buzz around town Kenny? That guy named Kenny? That blind guy? He's married to that woman named Ruth. Boy, you couldn't separate them with two tow trucks. got suction cups on each other. (laughs) Yeah, man. Hey, that's what the Bible says. He calls her blessed and he praises her. He gives her respect and honor when she does something right. Hey, there's nothing wrong with telling that honey once in a while that, yeah,
2: hey,
0: that was a good dinner. No, you'd rather run off and watch the stupid Cleveland Browns get their booty kicked again. Rather watch the Cleveland Indians who couldn't hit a baseball if it was glued to the bat. Jeez. Get over it. Alright, come on, Danny. Many daughters
2: have done virtuously now excellence and all. Excellence
0: and all. Now women. There are many women that have done godly deeds. But if you do what has been described here, you will excel. You're going to bypass every one of them. You'll excel them all. Come on, Danny.
2: Hey, but a woman that heareth the Lord shall be praised.
0: I need to park on this, although the women aren't going to like it. But first, men, this does not mean that women aren't to wear makeup. This is not a section saying that women aren't to wear makeup. Although, ladies, I do, need to, I do understand your point that a little paint never hurts the barn. But what you're forgetting is no matter how much paint you put on the barn, the boards underneath are still getting old. What am I trying to say? There's nothing wrong with makeup. It's how much of it you put on and for what reason. Look, God gave you a natural beauty. You don't have to be trying to falsify what you look like. And when you're so worried about your looks, that turns your looks into a God. Uh, Look, beauty is vain. Do you understand what that means? Beauty is vain? No matter how cute you are, it's empty. It means nothing. Beauty is vain. But it's she who honors the Lord, that is the one to be praised. Excuse me, you want some praise, ladies? From somebody who means something worth getting the praise from? Quit worrying about your face and worry about your heart. Ooh, let me say that again. Quit worrying about your face and your hair and worry about your heart. Take your heart to the beauty salon and I think you'll be all right. No, I don't mean go down here to uh, uh, Best Cuts either. Okay? I don't mean that. I mean the hair, uh, go to the beauty shop. With your heart. The beauty shop is found from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22. 22. Alright? Check it in there. It's called the KJV. It's called the Holy Bible. Go to the beauty shop. Go to Jesus. You can get some real beauty. Amen. Come on, Danny. Give
2: her her
0: now ladies first off men when a woman works hard she should get what she deserves from it men there's nothing wrong with a woman having money in her pocket although now let me say this to the ladies too if money burns a hole in your pocket and you're not doing what's right with it we got a problem with that, too. Okay? So it goes on both sides of the dime. But there's nothing wrong with a woman if she's going to take and use that money wisely to have money in her pocket. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, on the other hand, what does the Bible say? What should be your praise, ladies? Your own works. What you do should speak for the kind of person you are. Amen. What are we trying to say here tonight? To the ladies? Let me say this. A good godly woman looks after her own home. She don't worry about Sister Sue's. Or what Sister Brenda had to say. She ain't worried about all that. She's worried about her own home. Why? Why? Because she seeks after godly wisdom. And you know how she seeks after godly wisdom? She looks to the Lamb. The Lamb. Jesus Christ. Yes. She seeks the Lamb. She puts her eyes on the Lamb. She watches the Lamb. And she asks Jesus to be the head of that home. And if her husband is not a spiritual leader, she'll take on that role if necessary. But yet, even in that process, she does not usurp the authority. She doesn't take complete charge of that home, as if she was supposed to. No, she still lets her husband be in charge, but if he goes against the Bible, she ain't going to stand for it. A good godly woman doesn't worry about her face, she worries about her heart.